0: are listening to True Crime Fiction, feeding your addiction to the best of the written and the spoken word in crime. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as £1 at patreon.com slash truecrimefiction. Carly slipped Hugo's phone back onto the table and carried on wiping the kitchen surfaces. Maybe it had only been a matter of time before he started chasing after the posh girls he knew from the old days. Still, those text messages certainly bore thinking about She hung the tea towel back on its hook. It had become a habit, keeping everything squeaky clean. Hugo was particular. He kept a sharp eye on Anything she brought home from the shops too, checking the labels and chucking stuff out and opened in a way that horrified Carly's mum. Still, Carly understood. He had to be careful. Carly hadn't believed Hugo when he told her about his allergies. She figured that maybe he thought always having two EpiPens on him made him more interesting. But then came that picnic in the park. Someone, not Carly, thank the Lord, showed up with a chocolate cake that wasn't as nut-free as the woman in the fancy bakery claimed. It so happened that when Hugo, taking a bite of the cake, first went red, then white, then keeled over, she was the only one there. My he said, struggling to get the words out, in my pocket. She remembered the feeling of power as she raised the EpiPen aloft and plunged it into Hugo's thigh. A trickle of blood spread across his beige chinos. The sight of the blood made her dizzy, always had, and she fell down to her knees beside him. When his mates had come back shrilling like peacocks, Hugo didn't even notice them. Until then, she and Hugo were just a summer fling. Exciting for her because Hugo had the looks and threw money around like no one's business. Exciting for him because Carly, if not quite from the wrong side of the tracks, was definitely from a different station. Now, Carly realised that if she played her cards right, acted like she cared and moved fast he might actually fall for her she ran a hand gently through his clean lemony hair what's it feel like then when you have an attack she asked like i'm going to die my throat swells up i can't breathe then once i use the epi pen it's It's like I'm having a heart attack. It's the adrenaline. It makes my heart race. Here, feel. He put her hand to his crisp white shirt. His heart was thudding like a pneumatic drill. Carly's heart wasn't much slower. Just as things were getting interesting, a girl's sunglasses pushed up on top of her head came and stood beside them. ''Do you want a game of footy?'' she said, her long bare legs blocking out the sun. ''Girls against boys. Not Hugo, of course. He'll have to sit it out.'' She pulled Carly to her feet and dragged her over to the pitch. Annabelle, her name was. Annabelle something-something. Annabelle something-something had all sorts of advantages that Carly did not. Her complexion was peachy like a model in a glossy magazine. She said lavatory instead of toilet, and sorry instead of pardon, without even having to think about it. But it was Carly who saved Hugo's life. It was hard to compete with that. Carly wasn't much of a footballer, never had been. At school, her gang used to spend the games lessons smoking around the back of the science labs, but she didn't have much choice. she floundered helplessly on the pitch. When she did finally get close to goal, she kicked the ball hopelessly wide. Annabelle stuck out her neat little foot just in time and nudged it firmly in the right direction. The ball rolled smoothly into the back of the net. Carly glanced shamefacedly towards Hugo. Unbelievably, he was looking at her. Yes, at Carly herself. As if she was the one who'd scored. And in a manner of speaking, she had. Now a bare year later and Carly's wedding ring had hardly been on her finger long enough to leave a mark when she took it off. It seemed the game had changed, not least because it was Annabelle who Hugo was texting. In the weeks that followed, Carly checked Hugo's phone whenever he left it lying around. The initial flurry of texts was becoming a flood. What did I ever see in her? Hugo wrote. Well, Carly could think of one or two areas in which she could outperform Annabelle. It wasn't just smoking she got up to while the nice girls were playing netball. She's not in your league, Annabelle replied. I know. She faints if she sees a drop of blood. Pathetic. Can't believe I actually married her. Hugo tapped out, adding an emoji of a gold ring followed by a sad face. You know she only wanted your money, said Annabelle. Carly wasn't going to argue with that, but Annabelle would have taken Hugo's cash just as quickly, given the chance that nice Chelsea flat of hers couldn't come cheap. Leave her before it's too late, Annabelle added. Too late presumably meant before Carly got pregnant. Where would I go? Hugo wailed in response. What was I thinking? Coming to live out here? I hate the coast. Truth be told, Carly wasn't dead keen on it either, but moving away from the city was the only way she could think of keeping Hugo away from his old gang. Come and stay with me if you need a place. Carly sighed. She couldn't have Hugo running off. Not right now. She had plans. Big plans. In fact, quite a bit of Hugo's money was already committed. She just neglected to mention it to him. Luckily, she had the germ of an idea for a while now. She'd just have to bring forward the execution, so to speak. She kept a closer eye than ever on Hugo's phone. It's over, she read one evening. I'm going to tell her tomorrow evening. Pinky promise? replied Annabelle. Carly rolled her eyes. What was she? Ten years old. Promise, he said, adding a string of kisses, she's going to freak. I'll need your help. Come to the house and pick me up. Take a by surprise. Then we'll get right out of there. Okay, replied Annabelle, adding only now for the first time Love you. She was clever, thought Carly but not as clever as carly let's go out said carly to hugo late the next afternoon we could do with a change of scene where he asked doubtfully why she could read on his face to the cliffs she said it's always nice to watch the sunset i'll drive okay he replied well knowing he was planning to give her the purse she'd do anything to keep her sweet On the way she stopped at a petrol station to fill up and stock up on supplies, Hugo waited in the car fiddling with his phone. He didn't bother saying thank you, he was used to people doing things for him. She wondered if Annabelle knew that yet. She found it got quite irritating quite quickly. The cliffside car park was deserted by the time they got there. The place Carly was thinking of was a secluded little spot with a bench, only ruined a bit by a bin that the council had dumped there and no one ever remembered to empty. The bench faced out to sea and was otherwise surrounded by gorse bushes. Carly preferred the gorse to the view. It reminded her of her old nan. She used to have them in her garden and she'd moan about them cutting out the light to her bungalow but she liked the way their prickliness kept the neighbours away. When they got to the bench. Hugo slumped down. Carly sat next to him. "'Why don't you take your jacket off?' she said. "'It's warm tonight.' Hugo shrugged it off without a word. Then he cleared his throat, as he always did, before making what he considered to be an important announcement. He'd obviously decided to make the best of it and give a big speech up here rather than back at the house. She only half listened. "'It's not working out.' It's not your fault. I think we should end it. Blah, blah, blah. The usual kind of thing. She'd noticed that he didn't mention Annabelle. When it seemed like he'd got to the end, he got to his feet. Moved away and stared moodily out to sea. Quick as a flash, Carly tossed his jacket as far as she could behind her. She heard it flump gently onto the path on the other side of the gorse. Then she sniffed noisily and turned away as if she couldn't bear to look at him. It's okay, she said. I knew it couldn't last. You deserve better. As she was speaking, she reached into her pockets and ripped open the foil pack of peanuts she'd picked up at the garage and stuffed a handful into her mouth. She paused, chewed and swallowed. I'm not going to kick up a fuss, she continued, her voice only a little muffled. Go our separate ways, that's the best thing. She glanced around. Hugo was still looking out to sea. Wow. Thanks, Carly. That's very big of you, he said. She shrugged. How about a goodbye kiss, she said. For old times' sake, Carly was a great kisser. They both knew it. There was no way Hugo was going to pass that up. He pulled her towards him, then he pressed his lips against hers. She pushed her agile tongue and all those little bits of peanut with it gently into his mouth almost immediately he pulled away what, what what are you doing he said a red stain was spreading across his chest his eyelids were swelling my, my pen. he said groping towards the bench and fumbling for his jacket he couldn't see it he couldn't reach it he fell down on the bench fighting for breath oh, oh. At the bell, he wheezed. That posh cow, said Carly, not much help to you now, is she? She shoved the empty packet of peanuts deep inside the bin. She sat down next to him. The sunset tonight was going to be a stunner. Pity Hugo was missing it. She reached for her phone and wondered when to dial for help. A snapping sound came from behind. Carly jumped to her feet and whipped around. Annabelle was leaping out from behind the bushes. Her face was scratched where the gorse had torn into her. God, this woman was unstoppable. In one clenched hand, she held Hugo's jacket. She must have picked it up from the path. In the other hand, she had some kind of weapon. What are you doing here, Annabelle? asked Carly, crossing her arms. Hugo's not well. I was just calling an ambulance. I don't think so. I saw it all. Every single bit. Annabelle looked meaningfully at the rubbish bin. Carly groaned. So that's what Hugo had been doing at the petrol station. He'd been texting Annabelle to say there was a change of plan. He must have told her to follow them there instead of going to the house. What are you going to do about it? she said. Annabelle didn't reply. She just dropped Hugo's jacket and launched herself at Carly. Carly fought back but Annabelle pinned her to the ground. She was stronger than she looked. Now she raised an elegant arm and stabbed down. Carly screamed and jerked away. She looked down in horror. The EpiPen was sticking out of her hand. A bloom of blood around it. A fuzz of black and white dots blurred Carly's vision. Then the adrenaline hit. Her heartbeat began to gallop. Annabelle kicked her in the side with vicious heels. Looks like your plan's going to work out, said Annabelle. For me, that is. I get a nice, grateful boyfriend and an even nicer bank balance. She then, she kicked her again. You Bitch! Screamed Carly. Her vision was still blurred. Her heart still pounding. She curled herself up into a ball to protect herself. What? And you're not? Annabelle replied. Then she pushed Carly with her foot towards the edge of the cliff. Carly scrabbled for something to grab hold of, but there was nothing. Annabelle gave another nudge, more firmly this time, just firm enough. And Carly rolled smoothly over the edge of the cliff. Annabelle straightened her pearls, dabbed at her scratched face with a tissue. Once she could no longer hear Carly's screams, she reached into Hugo's jacket, pulled out his spare EpiPen and plunged it into his thigh. It was probably for the best that he'd missed the excitement. Awful the way Carly had attacked them both like that, then freaked out and tumbled over the cliff. It had been impossible to stop her. Annabelle had always thought Carly was unstable, and she'd been right to think she'd actually tried to kill Hugo. As Hugo's eyes began to flicker open, Annabelle nestled into him reached for her phone and dialed for help.